Serving up the strategies you need to build, market and monetize a profitable, future-proof business around your expertise. This is the Youpreneur Podcast. And here's your host, international business mentor and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Youpreneur Podcast. This is indeed episode number 482, and I am your host, Chris Ducker, as always. I hope you are doing absolutely fantastic. We have such a brilliant, such an important episode to tune into and listen to this week with the amazing Yasmin Cheyen. Now, I'm not going to sort of talk too much about what we covered in this conversation, I'll allow the conversation to pretty much talk for itself, quite frankly. But what I love about Yasmin is her straightforwardness, the focus that she has on serving and impacting and bringing joy, quite frankly, into the lives of the people that she comes into contact with. In this episode, we speak with Yasmin, whose book, The Sugar Jar, is blowing up every book chart on the planet right now. And we go into three major aspects when it comes to looking after ourselves as entrepreneurs and honestly getting more momentum and more you know, profitability as a direct result. We talk about why our time is something that we should hold on to, that we should protect and we should put a barrier up in front of. We talk about boundaries and why it's important to be able to create space in what we're doing so that we don't have to do everything, the power of saying no, et cetera, et cetera. And then probably more importantly than anything else, we talk about the importance of letting go, not holding grudges and knowing when it's the right time to move on and how to grow from the lessons that we learn and potentially the mistakes that we make along the way. I know you're going to love this conversation with Yasmin. I know I did. Um, we've never actually met in person, yet I'm pretty sure you'll tell that we got on like a house on fire. And I believe I've made a real true blue new friend here. So enjoy this conversation with my new friend, Yasmin Cheyen. Here we go. This is the Youpreneur FM podcast with Chris Ducker. So, Yasmin, welcome to the Youpreneur podcast. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and a joy. And you're all about joy. And so, like, I'm like, I need to get Yasmin on this podcast. I need to talk about The Sugar Jar, which is uh, a book that's coming out. In fact, by the time this is live, the book will be out in the US and the UK. Uh, I know it was a little later hitting our shores here across the other side of the pond. Um <laughs> But we have a very much a, an international listenership for the show. So some of them very well could have already picked up the book. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, what I wanted to talk about today was everything that an entrepreneur, particularly maybe over the last two, three years with everything that we've been dealing with, has to sort of handle on a regular basis, right? Like the power of saying no, putting boundaries in place understand that our, and I say this all the time, that our time is our most valuable commodity. Like, how can we respect that? How can we um, look after that and, and, and value that more? And then really also understanding that things aren't always going to be perfect. We are going to screw up from time to time. Um, situations will arise where we don't get the outcome that we want in certain opportunities and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, yeah. And how can we let go of those feelings and kind of move on from those things and, and you know, come out on the other side better uh, and, mm-hmm. and stronger, so to speak. So before we get into that stuff, like, just let me know, where did the idea come from for the sugar jar? And I mean, because you've got the whole thing, you've got the app, you've got the community, you've got everything now, right? Everything now. And it's so weird because it started literally from like a moment of true disarray. I was sitting at my desk. Um, I had just gotten back from maternity leave. I was teaching boundaries. I was in business. My business was taking off. All the things were happening, but I was still working my nine to five, as I know a lot of you probably are too. Um, and I was exhausted. I was overwhelmed. I was drained. And I literally was texting a friend, a voice noting them and saying, I felt like people were coming into my, my home. They were coming into the kitchen, taking all of the sweet parts of me, my time, my resources, my money, my attention. They wanted to pick my brain and I was allowing them to, but I had no way of knowing how I could stop them. I had no way of knowing how I could put those boundaries in place. And she being someone who was also in business said, you know, I'm so sorry you're going through this, but also this is kind of brilliant. (laughs) You need to write about the sugar jar because it was a quick way for me to understand how drained and depleted you felt yeah so that's how it came to me so talk us through then the sugar jar kind of suite of experiences and 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 not necessarily offers don't worry team it's not going to turn into a giant pitch fest i promise but i'm just you know people who who listen to the show they're building out you know, their businesses around their reputations, their expertise, mm-hmm. their passions. So it's always good for them to understand kind of like how they put that ecosystem of things, products, services, experiences together, because you get the opportunity to be able to have sort of, you know, ideas and, and mm-hmm. you know, certain things and come just by listening to a conversation. So like talk us through, you know, there's the podcast, there's the app, there's the book, obviously you speak mm-hmm. and you coach and things like that. But talk us through that ecosystem a little bit before we get into the nuts and bolts of the of the conversation. Absolutely. So from a business perspective, once the sugar jar became a thing, I'd spoken about it on a podcast. That podcast was incredibly popular. I turned it into a freebie, a freemium offer. It became a challenge. And I did the sugar jar challenge with my newsletter community. And I invited my Instagram community to come do this with us. And it was a way for me to test how this really relates with the people that I'm already working with, how it helps me to teach what I'm already teaching in a way that feels more practical, a tool that feels like they can use it. And it was a completely free thing that I created on Canva. I did not go out and you know hire someone to do graphics and things like that. I just got a simple jar, pulled it on the worksheet and said, let's, let's get into the deep talk of it. And it really stuck and people wanted more. And that's when I began to go to the premium free me, uh, freebie, which was the podcast. So I love this. Uh, this is, I, I love breaking all this stuff down because it's so good to see how other people's brains work as well. So you had the freemium, it turned into the mm-hmm. podcast and then from the podcast mm-hmm. came, what was next? The app. Yeah. Because okay. I was, teaching um, in person. I was teaching online because obviously COVID. um, So most of the stuff was virtual. And I wanted to create a hub where all of my meditations, workshops, and everything was in one where I didn't have to worry about the algorithm. I didn't have to worry about all of the other things intertwining with it. This was a huge leap and risk. It's a custom built app. So there's a cost associated with that. Sure. But I definitely felt that I wanted it to look and feel how my brand already was. And in addition to that, I already had the book deal and I knew the book was coming. Mm, So I wanted a place 
for the book folks to be able to continue to do the work in a way that felt accessible and not overly expensive because also a lot of the folks that I work with they're just getting into healing work and they're like, I'm not really ready to go on an $8,000 retreat. I just want right. something that I can do easily at home. Yeah. So that was also important too. And so the, the app and the book fundamentally complement each other, right? It's not like one Absolutely. cancels out the other. Okay, cool. So I know you've got like yeah. affirmations, you've got kind of like prompts for journaling and stuff like that on there on the app as well. You guys tuning in, it's free. You can grab it right now on the Apple store, on Google play. Uh, I mean, I guess you can, you've linked to it on your website and everything as well, right? Yes. Yep. And on Instagram. Yep. Cool. Okay. I love it. Great. Yes. And, and make sure you hit Yasmin up on Instagram. I love her stuff. She's so cool and fun and engaging. And by the way, everyone, she can rock pink. Right. Okay. Let's, can we just, can we hit a timeout real quick on this? Because when I say you rock pink, you literally have photos on your Instagram, on your website of you wearing pink head to toe and you look amazing in pink. Not everyone can, can rock pink like that, but you rock it. Thank you. you really do. Thank you. Oh yeah. my gosh. Do you know this is a first? You know, I'm an Air Force veteran. So like, I haven't really had a lot of opportunities in, throughout my life to wear pink from head to toe yes. in a uniform sense. Okay. That was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't blame you at all being so regimented for how long were you in the Air Force for? Five years on active duty. See, okay. So that's five years where you basically can't wear anything other than what you're being told to wear. So I don't, yes. now I understand the pink thing. So the pink. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you very much for your service as well. Okay. Oh, thank you. So let's get into this then. This is so good. One big issue for entrepreneurs is time. And I know it's an, it's mm -hmm. been an issue for me in the past. I've talked about it in my books. I've talked about it here on the show. I've talked about it on YouTube and everywhere else. I often say time is our most valuable commodity. Uh, mm -hmm. I truly stand by that. I believe that 100%. Why are we, as entrepreneurs, very specifically as well for context, why are we struggling with this so much still now? Because there's like a gazillion books. There's a gazillion courses. Why is, I mean, this is more, right? This is in our, our heads. It's scarcity. I hate to say it because I know it sounds cliche, yeah. but I think that when we really recognize the important thing for us to do here is to understand the story behind our scarcity story. It's not the same for everyone. For me, for example, mine was, if I don't take every opportunity, this might be the one that does X. This might be the one that gets me in front of this audience. This might yes. be the one that gets me in front of the community. This might yes. be the one that changes my financial life. So I can't say no, because this might be it. The problem is I'm spread so thin with that mentality that I have no focus, I have no strategy. And even if, let's say I do have a strategy, I'm not able to fully implement it and focus on everything that's happening because I still probably have a life. Maybe you don't have a family, but for myself, I had kids, I had a husband. There's only so much time and only so much of me to go around. And so if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, I don't want to say no to an opportunity. I want to make sure I have all of the financial, you know, the, the savings. I don't want to miss a, a connecting opportunity. I don't want to miss a networking opportunity. I think it's really important that we ask ourselves, what is my end goal game? Game. What, what am I here for? What am I actually creating this content for? What am I actually hoping to connect to? Because when you get really clear on what the purpose of what you're doing is, 
then you're able to align yourself with the opportunities and commitments that make sense versus the spaghetti at the wall uh, strategy that really waters down our energy. It dilutes our creativity and it keeps us from being excited about what we're doing. Yes. Your entrepreneurship turns into a nine to five. You're exhausted. You don't even want to be there. I know I've definitely was at that space before where I was just so exhausted from everything that I had said yes to. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more with you. And I felt like that at least two or three times in my career. And mm -hmm. I'm happy to say I, I don't feel like that anymore and haven't mm -hmm. for quite some time. But with that being said, I know there's a whole bunch of people out there that are struggling. And the big thing for me was when I, I don't know about you, when I really embraced the idea of saying no more often mm -hmm. and, and, in, and equally embracing the fact that whenever I said yes, that was like currency. Like I was spending yeah. something there, right? Mm -hmm. And so by, by doing that, everything else that I really wanted to work on became a reality because I was protecting my time and I had more time for what I really wanted to do, what I really needed to do. Uh, and that obviously has meant more opportunities and more growth anyway. So initially we're thinking, oh, I can't say no to anything, but actually by saying no, you will get the right opportunities come your way rather than just every opportunity, right? Absolutely. And I think I know people are listening, thinking that's got to be BS because I know I used to think it like there's no way that saying no will give me the right opportunities. I'm you don't have time for the right opportunities because you're so overwhelmed with everything that you said yes to many of them being things that you may not even want to really do that you feel like you have to do because this is what business owners are doing or this is what successful folks are doing, even the courses. And I'm not saying don't do courses. I'm saying get clear on the courses that you're doing and why you're doing those courses. We cannot yes. even ingest all of the information that we pay for sometimes. And so just really beginning to think to yourself, what is my strategy that I said I want to create, especially since you might be listening to this closer to, toward still the beginning of this year? What is the strategy that I said I want to create for myself this year? How am I actually saying yes to opportunities, people, places, and things that align with what I said I wanted? And when do I find that that story of scarcity or fear or I have to do this or I should be doing this comes in and derails me from what I said I really wanted? And that's how you begin to weed out and, and shift this. And not from a place of blame or shame. We're all making these mistakes in business, but this is more from an empowering stance of if I recognize where I keep making the same mistakes, then I can change it. If I'm not honest with myself, then I'm going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yes, absolutely. And that's where kind of like, to my next point, boundaries come into play, right? Mm -hmm. Because without those boundaries, nothing will change. Um, I know you talk about this a little bit in, in the Sugar Jar book. Um, mm -hmm. Talk us through this a little bit in terms of, give us like two or three quick, I, don't, I hate the word used like strategies, but like two or three things that we can do to start embracing the idea a little bit more of putting more boundaries up in front of us, particularly when it comes to saving time. Yeah, sorry, I was, there's a huge truck. <laughs> yeah, trucks do that. They roll by people's houses. <laughs> don't worry about it. We, we just keep the trucks in here. We don't even yeah. edit them out anymore. Oh, cool. <laughs> the first thing to know is boundaries create space. So if you feel absolutely overwhelmed, it's because you probably don't have space. So the first thing I want you to ask yourself is look at what you have committed to just 
today? What can you take off your list that you don't actually need to be doing? Or even better, that you could ask for help or assistance with from someone else? Because this comes to my next point. We think sometimes that we are the only folks who can do anything and everything. We think I do it better. You know, I want it done this particular way, so I have to be the one to do it. I'm stronger. I'm more capable. Sometimes we even think I'm smarter because, you know, there's a lot that comes with that. And these stories keep us in micromanagement. They don't empower if you have employees, our employees to do what they're supposed to be doing. Um, And then we can't scale and grow. You cannot scale and grow by yourself. It's impossible. I'm sure you know this, but so boundaries help us to do these things. When we put boundaries in place with this is what this person does. This is what my job is. This is what my role is in my business within my, my company. This is how I'm supposed to be showing up. We allow and empower the people that work for us so that uh, connect with us, whether you are contracting or actually have employees in place to do their jobs too. And then the last thing that I would say that can help us really begin to set boundaries or feel empowered to set boundaries is that it's going to take time. And I don't want you to listen to this and think, I don't even know where to begin and I don't see it happening quickly enough. So I'm just gonna continue to do what I wanna do because I've said no a few times, it hasn't paid off. I haven't received the help that you're talking about. And it's just best for me to keep doing it myself. It takes time for you to teach people how you're going to be showing up when you've been doing this previous behavior longer than you have been setting these new boundaries with everyone. So it's going to take consistency, just like it would in your business. Reaffirming with people that, yes, I know that I would have done this before, but now it's okay to do X, Y, Z. When I say that I want you to truly take this task and do it yourself, I really mean it this time. I know before I would have micromanaged, but I really mean it. And reminding yourself, and that's just an example, but reminding yourself that you really have to be willing to continue to show up consistently with the people that you're setting those boundaries with, because if you don't advocate for them, they don't exist. Yeah. It's like, I haven't worked a Friday for eight years Mm -hmm. and my team know I don't work Fridays Mm -hmm. and my, my coach, my high-end coaching clients inside of my round table mastermind who have access to me on WhatsApp uh, whenever they want it, Monday to Thursday, they know that after close of business on Thursday, if they message me at any point from from that point onwards until Monday morning, they're not going to hear back from me until Monday. And right. you know, I've I've had issues before in the past where people have sent, you know, they've joined uh, the round table, they've sent me a message saying on a Friday morning, a Friday afternoon, and once or twice, you know, hey, I, you know, I, I messaged you this morning. Why aren't you? I'm like, dude, I told you. I told you when, 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 when you were brought on board, I told you, I don't look at my phone for clients Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I just don't do it. And so, you know, these conversations happen very, very little nowadays. But when I started putting that particular boundary in place, it would happen all mm-hmm. the time. I would get calls on the yoga mat for my mm. PA. My PA knows I'm not at work, yet she would still call me, you know? So, you know, yeah. all these sort of different types of things are huge, I think. And not only that, but from a delegation standpoint, from a team standpoint as well, people want to do their jobs. They don't want you doing them for them. Right. You know? And it, so yeah, and it can make you feel like, true. Absolutely. And like what you shared just now with 
um, when it used to happen all the time, when you first set those boundaries and people keep calling and they need you, it can make you feel like, am I doing something wrong? Should I be there on Friday? Is this not something that my business can handle? You have to continue to set that boundary, even though people aren't respecting the boundary yet. And they're not doing it to intentionally hurt you or to violate your boundary. They just want to get things done and think that the only way that it can be done is through you. And by saying no and pushing back and saying, hey, I'm not actually here, you can handle this, or it can wait until I come in on Monday, you empower them to set strategies and put things in place that affirm your boundary versus violate it. Mm, mm, Exactly. Same situation in August for us as well. I do Mm -hmm. a month-long sabbatical in August, have done for five years almost now. Yeah, five years. It'll be the fifth year this year. The first year, uh, you know, two or three phone calls a week came through and I you know, handled it quickly and told them I was on sabbatical and all that kind of thing. And then the second year, I said to them outright, the entire team, I will not reply to an email. If you call me, I will not pick up. You know, it's just not going to happen. And so the entire month went by. Guess what? The roof didn't fall in in the office. The, the company didn't implode. And actually, we had the best August on record that year. Wow. So now I'm like, I'm never working again in August. <laughs> like, this is not going to happen, you know? So I think that those boundaries are so, so clear. I'm so glad that you cover this so in-depthly as well, because it's one of those things where I think people just, they need to hear it over and mm-hmm. over and over again. And from different directions and different, you know, opinions as well. So let's talk about letting go and sort of like, you know, whether it be some sort of trauma or it's Mm -hmm. something that has happened that has upset us in some way. Maybe we're just plain upset with somebody or a situation has arisen where we didn't get what we want out of it. Like I'll be the first to admit this was hard for me. In the, mm-hmm. I'd say in the early, early half of my career, I would bear grudges. I would hold mm-hmm. on to that stuff. And I would, you know, it, it would cause me severe anxiety because I just wouldn't mm-hmm. let go of it. I wouldn't let go of it. Um, things have changed. I've gotten older, more good looking. Uh, and <laughs> things, things have changed. And so that doesn't happen anymore. But it's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. This is such a problem. And I think specifically, you know, your community are entrepreneurs. And I think even in business, I think the hardest thing to let go is when we fail ourselves. The disappointment when we set a goal, when we said we were going to do something, when we wanted to create something, manifest something into the world, bring it to fruition, and it doesn't happen. And I don't know about you, but I have often been the hardest. I am always the hardest on myself. And so learning to let go of the disappointment, learning to see it as an opportunity for growth versus a failure, learning to continue to move forward and accept that disappointment is going to happen in business. Mm. You are going to have things not turn out the way you hope. Um, And building that strength muscle, not to ignore it and say that I should just keep going, but coming to yourself and saying, I'm devastated building your community of people that will be there for you when you need to talk about what happened and to really go through all of the things that that hurt not just pushing past it but allowing yourself to feel it that's how we move past disappointment that's how we keep going and i think letting go is often looking at the hard feelings that that we're holding on to the grudges are the hard feelings 
the the feelings of anger are the hard feelings and we are doing ourselves a disservice when we keep them inside of us because they are not hurting the people that we're actually upset with they're just hurting us yeah absolutely so mm -hmm. one last thing before we start wrapping up here you talk in the book about mm -hmm. practicing like filling up your sugar jar mm -hmm. um talk to me about this because i love this concept our sugar jar is all of us, right? So the jar itself is the is our physical being. The sugar is our time, energy, money, resources, all the sweet parts of us. And then the lid is the boundaries. When we close it, people don't have access. And when we open it, they have access to us. So filling ourselves up is what society would call self-care. But I think it goes beyond that. It is taking walks in nature. It is gardening. Um, it's also spending time with people who make you feel good and not spending time with people who don't. Yes. It's also not performing and pretending to be someone that you're not even in those really important business meetings. I would say even more importantly in those important business meetings, showing up as yourself fills us up because I know for me, if I've ever been in a, in a meeting or meeting with someone and I wasn't my full self, I feel drained afterwards. I feel disappointed and I feel exhausted. So I say this again, showing up as your full self fills you up. Um, in addition to that, getting sleep, resting, working out, thinking about the things that actually help you feel good. And I am very busy. Chris, I know you're very busy. I encourage people to schedule five minutes into their calendar to do these things. That's the next step. Because why five minutes? If you scheduled it in an hour, you'd probably pick something else to do. You say, there's no way I have an hour to do this today. When we schedule five minutes, we say, okay, I can buy the flowers and put them in the vase. Before you know it, it's, it's taking you 35 minutes to do that. And now you've dedicated 35 minutes to yourself that probably you wouldn't have done. And so it's so powerful to think about. And I know scheduling doesn't feel very sexy, but let's just be realistic with ourselves. We are busy. And, and for me, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't get done. So I hope that everyone listening takes that away as an empowering thing to do, to start today. What can you do that can bring yourself some joy that can fill yourself up? Just five minutes and hopefully longer um, to, to really make yourself feel good. Because that's why we so feel what in the you, first What place. does Yasmin do to help make herself feel good? What does Yasmin do to, to, to fill up her, her own jar? Two things every day. Every single day I meditate. It makes me feel amazing. But the second thing that I do is like a dance party with my kids because it's like, one, I'm spending time with my kids. Two, I get to blast the music as loud as I want. Um, and three, I'm dancing. So I'm moving my body. So I feel like I get all the things in one. I, I like, like to that. find things like that. I like yeah. That. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to, I, I, I do dance parties from time to time with, with my five-year-old daughter. She has a mm -hmm. lot more energy than me. Yeah, it's me. yeah, I feel bloody exhausted at the end of that. And then she's like, let's do one more song. No, let's not. Let's do some coloring in instead because <laughs> we can do that stationary. <laughs> oh my gosh. By the end, I'm on the floor watching them dance. It's, it's, it's usually an hour and a half for them, like 20 minutes for me. <laughs> wow. Well, you're beating me. That's for sure. But, uh, that doesn't really surprise me, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I think it's been a, a really interesting one, A, but B, probably one that a lot of people probably need to hear right now mm. as well. Um, I, I, I'm hearing the word burnout getting thrown around like mad yes. right now in, mm. in the wider entrepreneurial community. Um, <clears throat> and a very good friend of mine 
is going through it right now. She's struggling a lot right now. Um, and so I think this was great. Everybody, mm-hmm. please pick up a copy of The Sugar Jar. Don't start Googling for the cookie jar uh, like I did <laughs> when I first heard of this book. I literally couldn't find the book anywhere, and that's because I was I was looking for the wrong book. Um, but, uh, you know, get some boundaries in place. Start treating your time with a little more love and a little more selfishness, quite frankly. And yes. like, and then lastly, let go of that. Some of that, get, bring that, bring that good juju back into your mm-hmm. life. Like Yasmin mm-hmm. does go have a dance party or something like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, on some Elton. <laughs> Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I believe we've become fast friends and I can't wait to uh, speak to you again soon. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. All right. And for you guys tuning in, as always, we're here to support you on your journey to make it easier, to make it more profitable, but mostly to make it memorable. So uh, make sure you tune in next week for another episode of the show. Between now and then, go check out Yasmin and everything that she does. Show notes will be over on the website and underneath the description in your favorite podcast app. I'll see you then. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Youpreneur FM. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, why not head over to our official website at youpreneur.com to access all our tools and resources essential to building, marketing, and monetizing a future-proof business based around your expertise. We'll see you next time.